Hi, this is Seth Mosley, and you're listening to the Full Circle Music Show, the why of the music biz. This is X O'Connor, and I'm sitting here with Seth and with our main man, Logan. I'm going to have a nice conversation with him today about the power of email for up-and-coming artists, bands, even independent labels, anyone looking to get their music out to more people and have it really work for them. I love this episode. This is part of our music marketing series learning a ton. That's what I love about this show is it's really just kind of our own curiosity. Yeah. It's our forum to ask questions that we normally, I mean, when do you get to sit down and have an hour conversation with somebody who's like the master in what they do? Yeah, exactly. And especially since it's something that speaking for myself personally, I know minimal about, but it affects my life every single day. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. just having that little bit of knowledge also empowers you to kind of help or figure out what you can be doing better to help yeah. things go smoother. Yeah. So if it's artists listening out there, this is stuff you have to know. If you're a label person, if you're a manager, this is stuff that you really need to know. And this is stuff that's going to affect you. And this is stuff that is not changing anytime soon. Yeah. So let's jump right into the interview with Logan Crockett here at Full Circle Music. We're here live in the Full Circle Music studios in Franklin, Tennessee on the Full Circle Music Show. I'm Seth Mosley. I'm X O'Connor. And today we have with us another Meet the Team episode, and it's also part of our music marketing series. Super pumped about this. I've learned a ton. Yeah, I've learned more about emailing in the past six months <laughs> than I think I've ever known in my life and stuff I wish I would have known. We would just talked about this before when I was in a band. So How many years let's, ago? Let's talk yeah. about that. So email marketing is not dead. No, it's not. It's not dead at all. I kind of had the assumption that when social media came out several years ago that, oh, email marketing's dead. But from what we've learned, it's alive and it is as powerful as it's ever been. Yeah, I think from what I've just learned, it's the exact opposite. I think, you know, you and I were both in bands and I think our bands assume the same thing. Let's start focusing on Facebook and social networks. And our email list died. But just from what I've seen since we've started doing this, success through email is big. And it's phenomenal. So I only wish I would have kept it going the entire time and really, really poured into it. Because learning from Logan, since he's been on board here, there's so much that you can do with this. So what are we going to talk about, Logan? I love the title of this episode. Maybe you can start there. We can jump right in. Yeah. So like you said, this is my first time being on the podcast. I've been a part of the Full Circle team for several months now, uh, but this is my first podcast episode. So that said, we really want to teach something through this. So this is going to be a little bit less of my story. Maybe we'll do something a little bit more along those lines in the future. But the goal through this podcast is to teach people some basics towards email marketing that honestly, a lot of people in the music space aren't using. And these are really, really powerful tactics that can honestly build you a really strong fan base and make you a lot of money. So yeah, so we've titled this episode, Build Raving Fans While You Sleep With Email Marketing. Because that's literally the intention. The, the magic of it is when you utilize the internet properly, things can happen not only while you sleep, but also while you're doing other things, such as while you're on the road or while you're in the studio. While marketing you're is songs. happening. Exactly. Marketing can actually happen for you on your behalf while you focus on other things in your career. So how is that? I mean, essentially, it comes down to getting software that will allow certain things to automatically happen based on what you set up in advance. So you just go ahead and set some parameters up beforehand. You, you tell it to do certain things and it just does them. That does require certain kinds of software. And we'll get into that 
as we move forward. But yeah, that's the basics. And in your opinion, is this something that a band should hire somebody to do or should they just figure it out and it's just kind of a must learn thing, just like playing your guitar? I think that there is a time where it would make sense once you really have the budget and where it just reaches way beyond your capacity to hire help. But I don't think it'll ever make sense for any band to step back from it completely. I think that on the front end, a band or, of course, an artist or honestly, you know, we're going to be talking a lot to independent artists here. But this definitely applies to people who want to work with independent artists or major label artists or songwriters or producers. Honestly, this can help everyone. But along those lines, it's really important to learn this on the front end because then even if you hire someone, it's really easy for someone to honestly fake marketing. And when I say fake marketing, that that may seem a little harsh. And oftentimes it's not intentional, but a lot of people can come on and um, you can hire them to do marketing and then they can get you quote results. But unless you really know what's going on yourself, even if kind of what you hire someone to do looks good on paper, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're getting you real results that actually forward your business. For instance, like someone who gets you a lot of Facebook likes, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're the right kind of Facebook likes, as we kind of experienced with our team, that there's a lot of ways that actually getting the wrong kind of Facebook likes can actually hurt a brand. So you want to be really careful with that sort of stuff. So it's really important Learn this yourself now. Get really good at it. And I mean, just like you, Seth, you know, even though I'm on the team now, you haven't stepped back from email marketing. I do a lot of it, but you're still very involved. Yeah. And social media, we talk a lot about this on the show that one of the bands that we work with for King and Country, I've learned so much from Joel on that front because I asked him about a year ago when I would have assumed they were doing well enough that they would have just hired it out or outsourced it or something. Mm -hmm. I said, who's doing your social media account these days? And he's like, well, I still am doing it. And to me, I was a little shocked by that because I was like, oh, wow, that's like, I would think once you make it to their stage, winning Grammys, having number ones, being touring to thousands of people every night that you would just hire it out. But to his point, it's about controlling the messaging and really making sure that it's genuine and honestly coming real time raw yeah. from your heart. And I would say the same thing with any marketing, because I think in the past two years, I've had X, you may be able to speak to this. I've had a personal paradigm shift on what marketing actually is. Like I used to think of marketing as some slimy sales team that was like, because <laughs> I think it's just because marketing, like you hear the word telemarketing. Yeah. Like I just think yeah. of getting a call while I'm eating dinner with my family about an offer that I don't yeah, yeah. care about. But what I've learned with marketing is that's, in some cases, that type of marketing can work. But most of the time, marketing is literally just communicating yeah. with people. Yeah, it's like relationship building. Yeah, human you're building, to human. Yeah, you're building an interaction with people. And the best marketers don't even know they're doing it. Mm -hmm. They're just talking to people. Hopefully the best marketers are aware that they're marketing, but... That's true. <laughs> but that's, the people being true. marketed to don't yeah. know they're being marketed. They don't know. Exactly. That's yeah. a better way yeah. to say it. That's a much better way to say it. At the end of the day, anyone... Ever. I mean, this 100% applies to music, but really any company at all, if you want customers, you need marketing. Either you have to do it yourself or you need someone else to do it for you. So you can't um, just like have the best record in the world and put it exactly. out there and it'll just sell itself. So like, for I'm sure it won't. Hurt, <laughs> it wouldn't hurt. So like, for instance, like even with a fire department. 
like they probably don't necessarily want more customers. So they don't really need marketing. Hopefully you know the number to call and hopefully you maybe know where they're located in your area, but they don't really need marketing. They don't want more customers. Some sort of secret government ops thing. They probably don't need more customers because they're secret. So they don't need marketing, but pretty much anything else that needs customers needs marketing. So yeah, to your point, even if you come out with the best record ever and you just put it out there, you, you still need marketing because at the end of the day, you need customers. You need customers to either buy it. You need customers to stream it. You need customers to love it, share it with other people, come to your shows. It all comes down to customers. Customers, I mean, the definition of customers is just someone who pays your company something. Yeah. And, and I love, I think the word that you used in the title maybe is even more applicable. I like calling them fans even more than yeah. customers. Well, honestly, I mean, there's a difference between fans and customers, though, because we did title this Build Raving Fans, and we're, and we're going to talk later. Sam Cart's going to get on a podcast, and we're going to talk about turning those fans into customers. But you do need... So you start with the fan. Exactly. You start with the fan. You need someone who is a fan in order to turn them into a customer. But honestly, customers are going to be a lot more valuable to you than fans. I mean, you can... Because customers spend money. Exactly. I mean, yeah. so... Is that the distinction between a fan and that, a customer? That is the... Well, I, you can be a customer and a fan. Yeah. But you can definitely be a fan and not a customer. So, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, there are a lot of musicians out there who are honestly decent at building fans. But if these fans aren't spending any money with you, then... How are you going to have a career? Yeah, how are you going to sustain it? And how are you going to make the next record? How are you going to tour... How are you going to do gonna all get this? people to those shows? How are you going to get exactly. people to the show? Yeah, exactly. And because, you know, you can only even when it comes to shows, you can do free shows for so long. But eventually you want to get to a point where those shows are ticketed. Yeah. Probably end up eventually having things like a family, mm-hmm. yeah. a kid that needs to eat. Yeah. Things that require money. You probably yeah. live in a structure that needs paid for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of ways to make money in the music business. I mean, you got sync and you got all sorts of other ways you can collaborate. And there's some creative things. But for the most part, if you want a music career, it involves some sort of process of building fans and actually creating a relationship with those fans where they're going to pay you money. So let's talk about because there's obviously a big problem that we're kind of circling around mm-hmm. here that artists are dealing with. Can you talk a little bit about the problem before we dive into the discussion? Absolutely. So X, you hit on this a little bit, but the real problem is that you could literally have the best record ever or a mediocre record. Either way, point is pretty much any independent artist ever has experienced this where you make an album. It could be a single. It could be an EP. It could be an album. And you put it out there. You put it out there on iTunes, Spotify, what have you press physical CDs and you set it up so that people can buy it and you can ship it to people. The problem is, is you spend all this effort making this awesome music and you put it out there. And just because you put it out there, that doesn't mean that people are going to buy it. And and this applies to music, but it applies to almost anything. Like say I had this really good idea for a random product, like a backpack. Say just, I thought that I could make a backpack that other people would like that doesn't exist right now and so i make this backpack and i put it up on amazon that's kind of the equivalent to a musician putting music up on itunes Mm -hmm. so i put this backpack up on amazon exact same thing just because it's there does not mean that people are going to purchase it some people have to know about it that's what it comes down to if people don't know about it people can't purchase it Mm -hmm. because you can only purchase what you're aware of yeah so just putting my song on spotify that's not enough 
it's better than nothing. But it, so where do I go from there? <laughs> you got to build a fan base. Okay. So that's what you're here to tell me about, right? Exactly. So the real problem is it's very clear that you can't just put it out there and expect people to come. Now, because of that, a lot of musicians are aware, all right, I got to build a fan base. So here's the issue with that, though, is all that independent musicians pretty much see are one of two things. Either, number one, they have other friends who are independent musicians and maybe a thing or two works there, but everyone's just kind of experimenting and trial and error and and there's not a lot of really good tactics that they're seeing around with other independent musician friends. But then the other model that they have is major labels. They can look at the really high ups, your Taylor Swift's and your Adele's and see what strategies they're using. They can see what a lot of newly signed artists are doing. Basically, anyone that you know, hits radio and has a major label backing. Like these are the artists that would become most aware of. And so it's easiest for us to kind of copy their strategies. We see what they're doing. They're trying to get PR. They're trying to get radio placements. They're trying all these mass streaming strategies on things like Like Spotify. Like if this worked for Taylor Swift, then I'm just going to try that strategy. Exactly. But how do you identify a strategy that they're using? Like, I mean, because if I'm just in an indie band guy that uses Spotify, loves music, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, keeping track of, you know, Twitter and Instagram. So how do I go about like figuring out what they are doing? Because I mean, to the layman, yeah. it's just like, oh, it's a bunch of pictures on Instagram. <laughs> oh, it's a bunch of tweets. Well, uh, well honestly, that, that's the exact problem is that there's a lot of strategy that goes into major label strategies. There's a lot of money that goes into major label strategies. I mean, radio promotion, for instance, super valuable that's going to cost you normally thousands of dollars to Ten, do it right. Tens of thousands. So you can't think like the major labels because ultimately you're not probably going to be able to replicate what they do. Exactly. So yeah, to X's point, there are so many things that major labels are doing. Like you said, it just kind of looks like a bunch of pictures on Instagram. So that's what independent artists will do. They'll go out and get an Instagram account and put a bunch of pictures on it. They don't understand that there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. There's like a plan behind what's being put up. So at the end of the day, the problem is, is that independent artists can kind of see the end result. They get to see that Instagram page. They get to see some emails that are sent to them from major label artists. They get to see... They get to see what concert promotion looks like. When they actually go to a concert from a major label artist, they get to see what that concert promotion looks like. And because most musicians are naturally fans of music, so it's easy to attempt to replicate what the major labels are doing. But honestly, the problem is, is that major label strategy really nine times out of 10, it's going to be so difficult for real major label strategy to ever work for independent musicians because you just can't... You don't have the team. You don't have the exactly. reaching so many different levels of so many different. You don't have the resources because yeah. it's more than just money. I think a lot of yeah. people think of a label as a bank. Now, what I time too time's a and huge time. time. Yeah. What I've realized in us owning a label and signing our own artists now is it's a lot more than that. Money's mm-hmm. a part of it, but some artists honestly don't need that because they're able to have a, a great business where they can fund their own records and even pay for some independent radio promotion. But really what it is, is years worth of relationship building. Yeah. Well, and even you're right, it's so much more than money. But even if you just look at the money, there are certain strategies that work for major labels that happen because of budgets certainly contribute to that. Yes. And as an independent artist, if you don't have that budget and you're trying to do the same thing as the major labels, good luck. 
it's going to be so difficult. So that said, you just need to adjust your mindset a little bit. Instead of trying to replicate what the major labels are doing, you need to find a strategy. If you're starting out, you need to find a strategy that works for independent musicians. Let me ask you guys this question. This is not hypothetical. This is a real label that I know of. They count on any time they sign a new artist, they're going to essentially spend about $150,000, meaning they're going to lose about $150,000 mm-hmm. on the first record cycle to get them out there. You as an independent artist, does that sound like a good plan? Go lose $150,000 for like two, three years. That sounds utterly terrifying. Yeah. yeah. I have some friends that this exact thing <laughs> happened to, and I'll tell you, it is not a good time. It's not a good time. <laughs> well, well and it's not just about you know a label spending that much on the front end on one group, but also groups get dropped all the time. I mean, the other thing about major label strategies that you honestly, as an independent artist, want to stay away from is the fact that literally major label business plans are built on the fact that they are counting on some of their artists failing. Exactly. They're literally expecting not even yeah, some yeah. of their artists. Probably yeah. more. Well, yeah, most. Most. I mean, they're expecting their label to ride on the success of a few artists that turn out to be mega hits, but the rest are either going to kind of float by or just not do well enough at all and get dropped. Right. And so, honestly, if you're trying to replicate major label strategy as an independent artist, you're basically telling yourself that there's like a good chance that you might have to drop yourself in a certain sense i mean if major labels strategy is built on the premise that a lot of it's going to fail and if you're trying to copy major label strategy you're literally setting yourself up to most likely fail yeah that's a solid point so don't emulate that's what you're saying no do not do not because we don't want failure exactly we don't want failure there are better ways to do things the other big problem with major label strategy is it's so built on mass awareness the major label strategy is okay I'm going to get this artist on this talk show. I'm going to get this artist on this tour. I'm going to run these ads for this artist. I'm going to get this artist on all this radio airplay. The name of the game for major label artists is just spread this artist so wide that eventually it kind of becomes, the real goal is for it to be a household name so that people in certain communities when when they say a name, like for instance, in the Christian community, like Chris Tomlin, like just if you go to church, you know that name. If you pretty much walk outside and have any sort of life in the world, you'd know who Taylor Swift is because there's literally just so much mass awareness. And that's what major labels are counting on. They're trying to create mass awareness to the point where something is so popular that it makes sense for you to go and either be a fan or better yet, spend money on it. But the problem is, is from a independent artist perspective that puts all of the burden of the purchase on the consumer on the fan it literally like if i want to go buy a chris tomlin record right now chris tomlin is not here in front of me holding an album out for me to purchase if i want to go and buy something that he has made i need to personally go find his website or look him up on itunes and i need to go ahead and convince myself essentially to make that purchase all the burden is on me and unfortunately that is where so many independent artists go wrong because major labels can afford to do that there's a certain tipping point where once you have enough awareness finally enough people are coming in and they're actually buying your stuff but with independent artists There's so little awareness that if you put the burden on the consumer to hopefully, oh, maybe they heard my music one time and now they're going to go to iTunes and they're going to buy it. That's not realistic at all. Unless you're an independent artist who has some sort of crazy mass awareness strategy, 
putting the burden to go find your music and purchase it on the fan, on the consumer, is naturally just going to cause sales to be a lot less. So yeah, let me ask you this, because you guys are both in bands. So if you're playing a show, say you're headlining a small show of some kind, and so you bring your merch table and you, you set everything up. Are you going to sell more merch before or after the show? After. Always 100% after. after. Okay. And then along those lines, are you going to sell more merch after the show if you are present at that merch table or if you are gone and you're having volunteers sell for you? Present. Definitely at always the table. Present. We were yeah. always at the table. Yeah. yeah you got to meet the people. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And that's the point. That works for independent artists. And the reason it works is because I, I literally said it as a joke. Like if Chris Tomlin were literally right in front of me, handing me a CD. But literally, that's what it's like as an independent artist at a merch table. You are physically present. You are physically making that relationship with the fan. They're talking to you. You're talking back to them. Maybe they have you know a compliment or a quick story or something like that. And you're actually developing a relationship. What that is, is that is personal selling. That's not mass awareness strategies. That's you being present with them, engaging with them on a personal level. And because of that personal relationship, even if it's short, Because of that personal relationship, it means something to them. And therefore, you end up with more purchases. That's totally true. And again, it goes back to marketing is not about being slimy or salesy. Exactly. It's it's about one-on-one, person-to-person, grassroots relationship. Developing relationships, for sure. Because, yeah, at the end of the day, that is sales. I mean, literally what you're doing at that merch table is sales. And I used to, like, like before going to college, man, if you had told me, if you had recommended to me to get a sales degree or something like that, I would have felt so weird about that. Like my mind of sales is kind of like you were saying with telemarketers, but even just like, like someone like a car salesman or something. Yeah. Or or someone who's just in a suit and that they kind of go around to clients or other businesses and they're trying to convince them to buy this thing or that thing or whatever stuff that they don't need. It's like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. If if you haven't seen it, (laughs) you got to watch it. It's all sales. So the point is, is that with sales, like it can feel like a weird term and then something that a lot of creatives want to stay away from. We just want to make our art. We don't want to sell. But at the end of the day, if you believe in your art, you have to sell. Like it's not a matter of do you want to. It's a matter of you have to or honestly find another field to work in. That's exactly true. So don't hear me wrong. There are some really great things that major labels do that independent artists should replicate. For instance, like major labels are really focused on having a marketing plan before a release. We kind of hit on that. They're really focused on industry relationships. If you're an independent artist, do focus on that. And major labels are also really interested in high quality product. If you're an independent artist, it should be a goal for you to come out with a really high quality product. Don't sell yourself short on that level. But Honestly, outside of those three things, unless there are other things that you guys can think of, I would recommend that people really try and turn off the major label mindset and really focus on an independent musician strategy. Well, I love it. I think in order to succeed nowadays, even if you are a major label, you kind of have to go back to thinking like an indie. Absolutely. Well, and honestly, like I said, we are talking a lot to independent musicians here, but I know that a lot of people in the industry on a major label side listen to this podcast and we're 100% talking to everyone. Honestly, if there are things that work on a grassroots level, especially in a more niche market like Christian music, labels taking grassroots strategies can really, really work. That's what works. I listened to another podcast, would highly recommend it even to our listeners. It's not a music podcast, but is kind of just a great business podcast in general. It's called Masters of Scale. 
by Reed Hoffman. And one of the episodes was about things that you have to do to scale. And to scale, you have to do activities that aren't scalable. Mm-hmm. And those are the grassroots things, the one-on-one, the showing up at the merch table. Because Building that's ultimately, base. yeah, that's yeah. where you meet your fan base. And yeah. that's where you hear from them. That's where you get feedback. So I love that you brought up that point. So where do you go from there if you don't have the money to spend on all this like mass appeal and all Mm -hmm. this like saturation into people's homes and all that? Where do you get started? So we already established that personal selling is the the best way to make money, essentially. It's just the best way to actually convince people to buy from you. And it doesn't just apply to music. Like we kind of get the streaming argument all the time. Well, you know, maybe people aren't buying music as much. Well, at the merch table, it's not just about selling your CDs. It's also about selling your T-shirts. T-shirts will make you a little more money. Everything else you have. So, so honestly, even if streaming takes and over the people world, people will wear them. They absolutely, will wear them. And, and then you'll marketing. see them on the streets later. It's great. <laughs> if streaming does take over the world soon, even if music is never quote sellable again, uh, there's still so much that you can sell to fans slash customers on a personal level. Now, just because that personal selling works, obviously, you as a musician, you can't really afford to go around to wherever all of your fans live you can't go and knock on their door and be like hey let's have a conversation or yeah i mean you also can't play that many shows to even reach everyone i actually knew a manager who had his bands go door to door that's impressive in certain cities (laughs) that's amazing that's that's a strategy it's it was a strategy that's for sure yeah And, and honestly i bet he did that because there was an element of that that worked yeah. He I, came from restaurants. Like he was used to the person to person thing. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, it, if his bands had a day off in a city, door to door selling of CDs. See, I would honestly probably be more apt. I don't go to shows. Like I just do not go to shows unless I have to or unless it's like, you know, my bucket list bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still want to see Foo Fighters live. I still want to see Coldplay. I've never seen them. Yeah, but you want an experience. I want an experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if somebody shows up at my doorstep and does something that like or even just them showing up and talking to me yeah yeah. there's a hundred percent greater chance that i'm gonna go see them at the coffee shop in downtown franklin than if they put up their flyer yeah like so there's actually some truth to that i'm not saying door-to-door strategies i've run into bands that were literally passing around ipods with headphones at malls like they would come up to you and be like hey like we're this band like you want to check out our song real quick or whatever yeah Yeah, about the author we just had them on our podcast or they will be on our podcast after this series but it's about how they would just go show up at malls jordan police said the same thing on our podcast interview they would literally stop at malls in between tour dates and just sell CDs and yeah. hang and introduce yeah. themselves to people. We used to play NACA shows, which is for anyone that doesn't know, is like a college organization that books bands. And when we had NACA dates, we would go and we would get into the cafeteria and just like hang out, eat, talk mm-hmm. to people, hand out flyers, talk about the show. Now, disclaimer, don't just walk into a high school. No, no, this <laughs> is college. This is college. This okay. is college. So yeah, we're okay. Yeah, okay. So we were just, <laughs> we don't yeah. want anybody oh, yeah. getting arrested so just here. So everyone knows, NACA is a college, a collegiate uh, organization. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we were not doing anything creepy. Yeah. So so honestly, like, like independent musicians clearly have have generally figured out that this is the way to go. That personal selling actually works. It's a lot of hard work. I mean, a lot of people going around and hanging out at a mall and asking strangers to listen to your music is very intimidating and not something that sounds super fun. But it works. I mean, that's why people do it, because it works. And so what 
my goal here is to communicate a way that we can actually effectively do the exact same thing, but we can do it through the internet okay. and we can do it while you sleep. Because literally what you're essentially doing is we can set up a essentially a, a sales team for you that will work for you while you go and do other things. And I like the sound of that. How do you even start with that? Like, Because I mean, I'm sure every artist listening is like, yeah, that's a no brainer. There are a lot of things that someone can do. Honestly, companies all over the place, especially outside of music, build million-dollar companies off of strategies like this. So, I mean, there's a lot of work that can go into this. There's a lot of tactics. But what it really all boils down to, if you want to get started with something like this, really you just need two things. Okay. The first thing you need is a website. And the reason that that's important is because if you're relying on social media, at the end of the day, you don't have power over that platform or not just social media even if you're on something like Bandcamp, it's so important for you to have your own home base on the internet that you just have control over i mean kind of the classic example we all know what happened to myspace a lot of a lot of musicians careers were almost built on myspace and then it just kind of went away and it's not just about the fact that a platform could potentially go away someday it's about the fact that say you even have the biggest facebook page ever at the end of the day you can't control how it looks you can't control the fact that there are tons of other links on a Facebook page where someone else can go to. You can't control the fact that if someone's on your page on Facebook, that Facebook's interested in giving them notifications, telling them, hey, actually, check this out and check this out and check this out. Trying to drive them away from you. Yeah, Yeah. uh, effectively. I mean, Facebook, you know, that's not, quote, their intention. I mean, Facebook's intention... They're not maliciously doing it. Like, Facebook's intention is just, at the end of the day, to keep them on Facebook. That's what Facebook's interested in. The longer someone stays on Facebook the more ads they could see and therefore the more money that Facebook can make. So it just comes down to the fact that these other platforms, they have other interests that don't align with yours. Even, and again, we're going to talk about this with SamCard a little bit more in a future podcast, but even to the point of something like sales, you got to remember iTunes is the exact same way. They're not 100% interested in just helping you as a musician. They're interested in just whatever is going to cause someone to buy the most music. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to try and even if someone does buy your music, they're not going to try and highlight that necessarily. They're going to say, hey, here are some similar artists. People Um, also liked these. Exactly. They just want to keep you on the wheel, get you on the wheel, take you around the wheel. Because you're ultimately on their platform. (laughs) Yes, exactly. They're doing to you what you want to do. Exactly. And whether that looks like a consumer buying music or streaming it, their point is to keep them in their environment. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of value to that. But at the end of the day, you just want to have something on the Internet that you have total control over. So that's why you need to build a website. And we're not really going to get into deep into website world at all here. But if you do want to know more about building a website, go ahead and just email me, logan at fullcirclemusic.com. And I'll be more than happy to show you. I've gone all across the Internet and built so many websites at this point, dealing with a lot of especially independent artists. And there are some really cheap and really, really professional ways that a lot of independent artists overlook. And I would be more than happy to share that with anyone. It's actually the exact same way that we are building our new fullcirclemusic.com website. So I'd be more than happy to hook anyone up with that. And it looks very nice. Yeah. Well, thanks. And the website is really easy to do wrong because I think Mm -hmm. a lot of artists out there, this is the thing that I've kind of had to learn backwards. I think my mind was so focused on design only and when you start thinking back behind it, what's the why behind even having a website? Of course, yeah. you want it to artistically reflect your brand. The point is ultimately to convert people. 
that come onto the page to either click something or to do something. You want your website to actually do work for you. You don't just want it to be a pretty little thing that's out there. You want your website to actually be a part of your team, essentially. It's like a digital representation of you. It's doing the merch table sales Mm -hmm. for you. Yeah, your Mm -hmm. website is your employee. (laughs) Exactly. And so then the magic of it is once you have a website, the other huge, huge, huge key to just making this whole thing work is you've just got to have an email list. And I'm not talking about some sort of well, like just a spreadsheet. Like a lot of musicians will will go to like a venue or something and have people sign up. Or a lot of artists are familiar with like Noise Trade. And if people sign up on Noise Trade, Noise Trade is going to give you, I think like if you get 100 downloads through Noise Trade and people give Noise Trade their email so that way they can download the song, Noise Trade is going to give you a spreadsheet with like 100 different emails on it. That in a certain sense is an email list. But at the end of the day, that's just a list of emails, yeah. which is an email list, but, but not necessarily ones that are going to benefit. Exactly. You but just having a list of names and emails at the end of the day, doesn't do anything for you. you. You need to actually do something that makes that email list work for you. And that's how the website and the email list can kind of come together. But just as a quick example, Seth, so I came onto the team in January, but you guys were doing tons of stuff with the Academy before I came on. So you guys sold out a whole lot of courses and you guys sold out the, the very first Music Makers Boot Camp. Just really quick, in your opinion, like without email, without having email in your arsenal, like if you were solely reliant on even just the podcast, even on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, whatever other channels you had, but email was out of the picture. How do you think some of those sales would have gone? I would say we would probably sold 95% less than we would have sold. We may have only filled 5% of the slots as opposed to selling it out. So not very well. Yeah. So, I mean, it is that kind of concept that some people feel like email isn't as relevant anymore. But at the end of the day, just think about how you as an individual person, how often you check your email, especially like now in this mobile age. I mean, most people are checking their email multiple times per day. And if you can reach them there, so many valuable things can happen for you as an artist, for you as a brand. So let's go ahead and talk about really quick what a lot of artists do wrong. One example of that was kind of what I related to Noise Trade, where they just get a whole list of emails and don't really do anything with it. But honestly, this is a huge problem with a lot of major labels. I was actually just looking at a lot of major label artists' websites last night, and most of them have a lot of kind of the typical problems that marketers really like to avoid. And some of those, without being exhaustive, would include really vague language that honestly people don't really care about in terms of signing up. Like on the website, it'll say sign up for updates or subscribe or join our newsletter. And a lot of major label artist websites don't have any forms or any way to sign up to an email list at all. There are very, very, very few that have good communication on this. Because at the end of the day, if I'm a fan, I don't really want just more email in my inbox. I don't really want a newsletter just to see whatever is going on. Like, you got to tell me why. You got to tell me why I actually want to be a part of this. Another huge issue with most artists and email is that there's no immediate follow-up. I could sign up for your email list today and the first email i might get might be two months from now when you're finally coming out and with it's the, probably selling you something it's probably right selling away. you no, something. Yeah. no initial yeah. content it's probably announcing a new album or a tour yeah. that's happening there's this conversation when you're dating of do you kiss on the first date and yeah. that's essentially like trying to jump through all of the relational hoops well what it is it's actually it's to go to dating it's kind of like asking a girl out 
And she's saying yes, but then you actually wait two months to call her and even ask for that first date. But then on the first date, you do go for the kiss. You go right for the kiss. (laughs) Some consider that game. I don't know. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. We don't recommend that. We don't. We do not. No endorsements. So the point is, is like if you have immediate follow up, that's so much better. Another big thing that a lot of major label artists and independent artists miss out on is just not taking advantage of the opportunity that's right in front of them at live shows. A lot of artists will like put up a social media handle or something like that while they're playing or announce things like that. And maybe they have like a little sign up at their merch table. But there are so many things that artists can do from stage, whether that's literally passing a clipboard around an audience or whether that's asking them to sign up through a phone number like we do with lead digits through our tool called Lead Pages. If you want to know more about that, you can email me. But yeah, so there are just so many things. Like the point of an email list is like you go out to this live show and honestly, if people don't follow you on social media or if they don't sign up for your email list afterwards, then the chances of them even remembering your name, especially as an independent artist, or if you're a major label artist, but you're not headlining, even if you are headlining, A lot of the times, if they didn't go specifically for you, say they were brought by a friend, after a month, if they didn't sign up for some sort of way to engage with you further, there's a good chance they might not even remember your name. And you've got to just do something to capture them. So, so many artists miss out on opportunities at live shows. And then, yeah, we kind of talked about this earlier, but for the most part, artists only send out email notifications when there's a new album release or when there's a big tour or some other big announcement, like a big music video or something. But they're not really doing anything other than here's an announcement so i know we've kind of maybe danced around this a little bit and maybe this is on your palette to kind of dive into next mm-hmm. but so okay i'm an indie band yep or indie artist just starting we've been talking a lot about building an email list but where do i even get started like what do i even start with the building on you know yeah absolutely so there are kind of two things you can do Obviously, there are a lot of opportunities at live shows, and you should be taking advantage of those. But what a lot of the goal is, is how can you actually turn this into an internet model where, in theory, you don't even have to go out and play live. If you can make this work solely on the internet, then when you play live, that's just like icing on the cake. But if you can actually develop a strategy to make this work just online, so many really great things can happen. And so what you want is you want, of course, to put a form on your website, but you don't just want a form on your website. What do you want is you want, and this is what I've seen almost no musician ever do. I'm sure there's some exceptions, but you want to have what is called a landing page or a squeeze page. And what that is, is like I was talking about with Facebook, where there's so many other links and everything that you can go and click on other pages. Not only is that bad on Facebook's end, because you know you could be going to a totally different thing on Facebook that has nothing to do with your band. But a lot of bands or artists would say, hey, if I have this website, you know, I could throw all these links all over it. And if someone clicks on something else on my website, well, that's great because they're finding out more about me. No, that's not so great. You need to be intentional about what you're doing online. If you want someone's email address, set up a page, a specific landing page where the whole goal of that page is to get them to sign up for your email list and don't give them distractions. Don't give them other videos. Don't give them other links. Don't give them anywhere else to go. Force them to make a decision. They can either sign up for your email list and get whatever it is you have to offer, or they can leave. And at the end of the day, you know, if they leave, they're not much better than a fan who kind of checked around your website a little bit and left anyway. Yeah, because that's doing nothing. For Ultimately, you. Exactly. it's yeah. a good thing if they leave because yeah. you're weeding out people Absolutely. who are not true fans, right? If someone's a real fan, they're more than likely going to sign up if you're offering something good more yeah. than just, hey, join my newsletter. If you're actually offering them something really good to join, 
then a real fan is going to sign up. And that kind of goes back to the noise trade model. I do really like that where the noise trade model is built on the idea of you giving away a song. And what's really cool is you could give away a song, you could give away two songs, but but they could be songs that are on your record. They could be different acoustic versions of songs. Just if you make it exclusive, if you make it something where the only possible way that they can get whatever it is you have to offer, if the only way that they can do that is to sign up for your email list, you're going to get so many more email signups. That's good. And we've even put that into practice with our own label with Matt mm-hmm. Hammond. And we did that acoustic yeah, version, right? Yeah, exclusive version of a song that's available nowhere. We spent as much time as we would on anything else producing a great version of it. And the only way that fans are able to get it is through, you know, providing email an email list. address. And so so a really easy way to do that is if you just want to type in Hammett on your phone and send that word to the number 44222, you can go ahead and download that free acoustic song by Matt Hammett. I just did that, actually this morning so and i've been enjoying that song thoroughly (laughs) it's very pretty good job sounds great and to you too sir (laughs) (laughs) so on your website the idea is that you want to create a landing page and of course to actually make a way for people to sign up for your email list you do need a sign up form and whatever email software you get do not use gmail you need something that can handle true email management better than that. But whatever email service provider, that's what they're called in the industry, email service providers. If you just go to Google and you type in email service provider, you'll see a whole giant list of them all trying to come up because they want you. But all of them will give you code that you can basically make a form and you can then they'll give you code for that form and you just put that code in your website. It's literally just copying and pasting. It's very simple. So you have the landing page, you have the form set up, And then the other thing that's really, really important is you want real email addresses. And the problem is, is a lot of websites, they'll say, hey, you need to enter your email to get access to this. And you can literally just type in any random email off the top of your head. It doesn't have to be yours or anything like that. And it'll give you access because it thinks that you typed in a real email. And the reason for that is it's not checking. So what you want to do is you don't want to give them the song when they just simply sign up. You want, like, for instance, like they enter their email and then instantly there's like a download link that appears. You don't want that. What you want is you want to email them the song because if they can't get access to whatever it is they want, and in this case, they want whatever song you're offering, if they can't get access to it without actually going and checking their email, then they're going to give you a real email address. That's a huge problem for a lot of artists. When they try strategies like this, a lot of their email list just ends up cluttered with all these fake emails because people don't really care enough to put in their real email address. So that's a really important way to make sure that your email list is healthy and that you're getting real fans to actually sign up for it. And jumping, you know, 10 steps ahead, really don't want fake emails because with a lot of these things, you have to pay for them. Mm -hmm. So, A lot of these companies will charge you per email address. So if you have fake emails, you're essentially wasting money. And so then here's actually the most magical thing about this whole strategy is, okay, so now they're on your email list. Now they have a free song. So get this, a lot of musicians have no idea that this is a real thing. Uh, Hopefully some of you do, but most don't. Most that I have met don't know about this. But there's this magical email tool. It's called an autoresponder. Sometimes when people hear the word autoresponder, that can mean like, if I'm going to be out of the office for a day, then I set up a little message so that automatically when people email me, it it sends them back saying, hey, I'm out of the office today. Mm -hmm. That is technically an autoresponder, but that's a really, really limited version of an autoresponder. That's just a one message thing. The real kind of marketing definition of an autoresponder is it's actually software 
that sends out email incrementally on your behalf. So say someone signs up for my email list and on day number one, immediately, we send them an email through this autoresponder. We send them automatically, instantly, an email with that free song. But then the magic of it is, is if you set up this autoresponder, then two days after that, you can send them an email with your newest music video. Four days after that, you can send them an email with a recent blog post. A few days after that, you can send them an email of a really, really cool story that happened to you. So a few days after that, you can actually send them an email trying to engage in some sort of conversation because it is a lot easier to manage real conversation over email. And even though we're trying to avoid personal selling here, having an actual personal touch and actually really responding to your fans is really valuable towards actually making the sale. So you can literally just create an email that goes out automatically that will entice someone. It can just be, you can literally just ask them a question and be like, hey, you know, I wanted to ask this question and they can respond back to you. And just by the fact that you will then personally respond back to them means a whole lot to them. So the magic of this is, again, it goes out automatically and it's per person. So say X, say you sign up for my email list today. Okay. You will get the song immediately. And then two days from now, you would get a blog post. And four days from then, you would get a video. But say Seth signs up for the email list next week. Next week, he would get immediately the song. And then two days after that, the blog post. Four days after that, the video. Whatever. It's per person. It literally syncs it. So if you have a thousand people on your email list, literally an email service provider is tracking each of them. And it is sending out emails in a timely manner automatically to each of them individually. So the, everyone's getting the same experience on their own timeline exactly. in relation to when they signed up. And then, so that way they're not waiting two months to have an experience with you. You are instantly giving them an experience. And the magic of this is it's creating a relationship automatically. Literally, like someone just signs up and instead of even just getting the song, now they're actually learning about you. Now they're learning your backstory. Now they're seeing a video of you either live or like in your environment or recording. Now they're actually, you know, hearing a funny story that's just relatable as a human um, about something that happened to you the other day. Now they actually care about you as a person and they feel like you're their friend. And that is when someone becomes a raving fan. Honestly, even if they don't like your music that much. If they like you as a person, if they think you're a cool person who has decent music, they're more likely to buy from you than someone who has awesome music, but they don't really care for them as a person. Okay. So, okay. So I'm still, I'm still like an indie band. Mm -hmm. All right. And now I've been listening to you chat about all these things. So I've got my landing page set up. I've got like my auto responders dialed in and all that. But how do I start driving people now to get them into my list? How do I start getting them? there to the things that are going to bring them to my landing page here. Okay, absolutely. So we already talked about live shows, how literally at a live show, one of the things that Seth and I do a lot when we go to events as we'll literally just hand out a clipboard to the audience. And we do this at Music Money when we all went to Camp Electric, things yeah. like that. We'll literally just hand a clipboard out. And if you have it passed down an aisle, I mean, just peer pressure causes people to sign up. So that's huge. Clipboarding is the absolute best way to live show. But then you also have things like lead pages. Again, you can send the word Hammett, H-A-M-M-I-T-T, to 44222. So those are two really powerful ways that you can do things at live shows. And even if you just announce, hey, go to my website after the show and we have you know a free download you can get, that's a whole lot better than nothing. So you have that power. Along with something like lead digits or just announcing your website, you can do that anytime you're interviewed or in any sort of 
like, yeah, show or anything with radio or anything like that. Another strategy is definitely Facebook advertising or something like that. You can actually spend a little bit of money to get the word out there about this free song that you have that if people sign up for your email list. And then any other kind of social media you're using, like, for instance, Instagram. Instagram is a little frustrating sometimes because in your posts, you can't really put links, but you can put a link in your bio. So... And the other thing is you can switch that link out as much as you want. One day it can be this and another day it could be that. So literally just make an Instagram post, say, you know, link in bio, get a free song. Yep. I see a lot of even big major label bands that don't know that that doesn't work. Like yeah. they're pasting a YouTube link or something into yeah. their Instagram. It's like, well, what good is that going to do? Yeah. Nobody's yeah. going to. Yeah, exactly. It's just, bo- yeah, it's just print and you can't even touch it. Yeah. And then on YouTube, whatever YouTube videos you're putting out at the end, like, sometimes being intentional about this just takes a different mindset but almost no matter what video you're doing just add an extra 30 seconds at the end of that video telling people about this free song and if they go to your website they can get this free song and better yet provide a direct link youtube has this thing they call youtube cards where you can go click and have a link actually show up at a certain time in a video and that can link directly to your email list to your landing page where people can sign up for your email list or put that link in the description and tell people don't just like make it a mystery if someone happens to click on a description that they'll find it like tell people link is in the description in the video yeah Yeah. exactly and again like if if your video is actually a music video where it's not as appropriate to talk just put a little 30 second thing at the very end some of the biggest youtubers uh, music youtubers on the internet do this for literally every single video that they put out so don't be afraid of that strategy use that and then the other big one is just kind of coming out with regular content on your website. A lot of times that can involve like a blog, but at the end of the day, if people are, hopefully whatever you're doing as an artist is causing some people to come to your website in the first place. Mm-hmm. And if people are coming to your website, just giving them the opportunity to sign up for your email list and making it very prominent. Don't make them scroll all the way to the bottom. You can subtly sometimes use pop-ups and you can put things in sidebars, put it right below. They call it the fold on a website where if you're like on a laptop or something that essentially where you can't see any more below. So like you have a header on a website and you have to scroll down to see more. Wherever past that scroll point is, that's called Mm -hmm. the fold. So maybe put the first thing that they see when they start scrolling. So right below the fold, put a little thing offering to give them a free song for an email. So there are so many different ways that you can drive traffic. And that's what it's called. It's just on the internet. It's about driving traffic to your website, to your landing page. And then the beauty of it is, is once you have, you know, people coming into your email list and then they're getting these emails automatically through your autoresponder. Mm-hmm. After this, now it's appropriate. Now they're a warmed up fan. Many of them are raving fans. The ones who are actually opening a lot of your emails, checking them out, responding with you. Many of them have become raving fans and you didn't have to do anything. And now you can ask them for the sale. Okay, so again, honestly, like I'm totally cool with helping people with this. So email me, logan at fullcirclemusic.com, and I'll make sure that you get things figured out. But the company that we use is called GetResponse. I have used a large number of these different email service providers, and a lot of them have advantages and disadvantages. But honestly, GetResponse is one of the cheapest, but that does not mean it's the most low quality. Actually, I think it's compared to almost all the competition, I think that the feature set that it has is actually way above the rest on most levels. All else not considered, GetResponse has one thing that I am pretty sure that most of the others do not have. I know the majority don't have this. Maybe there's one or two out there that have somehow slipped past my radar. But GetResponse has 24-7 customer support. And that... That's that's incredible. I know. Usually if... 
you're a band when you need help is at 2 a.m. Exactly. Yeah. It's not It's not normally the <laughs> after the show. Business hours. Yeah, nine and six. Yeah. Uh, yeah, honestly, for the music life, like business hours are extremely inconvenient for a lot of us. So literally 24-7, 2 a.m., 4 a.m., no matter what your time zone, someone will jump on over chat on their service and it's like instant. There, It's not one of those chats where it like takes... 40 minutes to get through the whole thing because every five minutes they actually respond. And it's not like, like a robot. You're like, yeah, exactly. Like, like you know, Megan <laughs> is not a human. Yeah, you're, uh, talking, <laughs> you're talking to a real person yeah. to get help solving yeah. issues with whatever you need. And I think maybe one time I waited for like 12 minutes, but more than 90% of the time they have been on with me in less than yeah. 30 seconds. And having been on four other email service providers, I can say just from personal using of all of them, that this is by far the easiest, really honestly, the fastest way to get done what you need to get done. Yeah. So yeah, even though get response, like, like you said, is, is really easy. And in my opinion, one of the simplest to set up out there, this stuff can get a little tricky sometimes just because you're trying to do some really big stuff. And that said, having customer support available to help you when you need it is a really big deal. And when we do have a direct link, you can go to fullcirclemusic.com slash email. And if you go to that link, it'll give you access directly to get response and you'll actually get a 30 day free trial. There's no credit card required. You can just sign up right there and just try Try this out for 30 days. See what happens. Set it up. And literally, like if you just sell, you know, one T-shirt within those first 30 days, then that would pay for your $15 a month fee right away. So fullcirclemusic.com slash email. Yeah. So, I mean, get response. It's pretty much the cheapest option out of any that I've found. They actually just went through a brand new redesign. They're the exact platform that we're using. Oh, I was talking about landing pages before and actually building landing pages on your website that don't have distracting links and things like that. GetResponse actually has a built-in feature that lets you do that right there. That's awesome. They have a calendar autoresponder that most of the other competition does have autoresponder functionality, but it's not set up in a calendar where you can easily see on day one, this happens on day four, this happens on day six, this happens for beginners. It's the absolute easiest autoresponder I've ever seen. And yeah, their customer service is absolutely phenomenal. If you can't possibly imagine paying the $15 a month for get response, I would recommend at a minimum MailChimp does have a free plan and you can go ahead and use that. At least that's better than trying to send this out all over through something like Gmail. At least you'll get some stats and some other things like that. But MailChimp, once you start paying for MailChimp, it actually costs a little bit more than GetResponse. Their autoresponder is more confusing for a lot of people who are starting out. And the other huge drawback on the free tier with MailChimp is that unfortunately, they don't have any sort of autoresponder functionality, like the real autoresponder functionality, like their paid tier has and like GetResponse has. So at the end of the day, like if you're serious about music, you're spending money somewhere. You're spending money on gear. You're spending money on events. You're spending money on software. You're spending money to go to something to try and build a relationship or even spending money on going to concerts yourself. You're spending as a musician, you are spending money. Choose to spend your $15 a month on this. It will be so worth it. Like if you get one t-shirt sale out of this whole thing, it pays for the whole month right there. That's phenomenal. Yeah. So let's say I'm a band, indie band still, as I've been asking questions on the behalf of. I've been doing the free MailChimp or I've been, you know, using another service or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, okay, I'm ready to take it a little more seriously. I'm liking what you're saying about get response. Is it easy to 
switch between platforms? Like if I've already got a little bit of a list going and I want to like commit to something a little more hardcore, is it easy to move that around or do I lose everything? <laughs> yeah, pretty much every email service provider out there, there might be a few exceptions, but pretty much all of them will allow you to download all the emails that are in their system. And so you can literally just download that. It'll come out as a spreadsheet and then you can upload that to GetResponse. That's a very common thing. People do switch between companies like this often enough. And it's important for these companies to have a way to switch an email list over to another provider. So yeah, so it's, it's a relatively easy thing. And the beauty again of GetResponse is even if you are confused about that, even if you don't know how to do that, whatever, if you just sign up for GetResponse and ask and literally just click on their little chat help, which again, is, it's just a single little bar on every single page. It's so easy to get to. If you just click on their chat help, they'll help you whatever provider you're using before, they'll help you download that file and get it uploaded onto GetResponse. They'll walk you through the exactly. process. That's so that way you don't even have to know it all. You can just have them almost do it for you. I mean, I, I don't know about you. I've learned a ton just sitting here, Good. hanging out, chilling. Well, let, let me help you learn a little bit more real okay. quick. Like I was saying before, you don't really want to be copying major label strategies, but you do want to be copying strategies like this. So I would encourage on two fronts that people sign up for our email list just to get a feel for how this sort of works and for what kind I'm of... I'm on it twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for what kind of content can be sent out. Now, this is an email list from the perspective of a company like we're not a band even though we deal with music but there's still a lot you can learn from that email so go ahead and text songwriting to the number 44222 and we'll make sure that you get on that email list or you can always go to our website fullcirclemusic.com and then we're also talking about Matt Hammett's email list we don't really have that one set up with the autoresponder yet but we do have the free song giveaway so if you want to model on that and to get signed up for Matt Hammett's email list that's Hammett H-A-M-M-I-T-T and text that to 44222. And then my personal email list, because that one does have a full autoresponder set up so you can see how this whole thing works from beginning to end. From a band perspective, you can sign up through free music, text free music, all one word, free music to the number 44222, and you can sign up for there. Or you can go to fullcirclemusic.com slash Logan. Fullcirclemusic.com slash Logan will take you to a page where you can see a, a professional landing page and you can see how the whole process works from beginning to actually getting someone on the email list all the way to the point of asking for the sale later on. So yeah, so at, at the end of the day, the, the most important thing I just want to leave people with is don't leave your career in the hands of others. Take initiative yourself, learn this stuff, figure it out, and don't leave your career in the hands of other platforms get a website, get your own email list, take control of it and make your career your own because no one is going to care about your music as much as you will. That's good. Well, Logan, thanks for being on the show with us today. I've learned a ton, just like X said, yeah. and it's been awesome chatting with you. And I'm sure our audience is very, very interested to dive headfirst in and get started. So that's my challenge is if you've listened to the show on a drive in between someplace, or if you're watching it on YouTube, Take five minutes and pull over to the side of the road and and do what he just said. Text, you know, 44222 or songwriting to 44222. And then you can see how this stuff works. Email Logan, Logan at fullcirclemusic.com. Mm -hmm. More actually, than happy actually, to help you. Actually do it. I think a lot of people listen to podcasts are pretty passive about it. There's there is one more thing I want to throw out to the audience. And that is that if people sign up for Get Response through our link, that is an affiliate link. 
which just means that we have a partnership with them essentially. But literally all of the email service providers out there have the same sort of affiliate partnership. So we could have chosen anyone, but we chose GetResponse because that's the one that we use personally. And that's the one that we have had the best experience with. So we do have that affiliate relationship. But if you sign up through our link, fullcirclemusic.com slash email. And again, you don't have to pay anything. It's just a free trial. No credit card required. So go ahead, sign up for GetResponse, fullcirclemusic.com slash email. And if you do that, just go ahead and email Logan at fullcirclemusic.com. And I'll go ahead and send you guys a free PDF guide of basically an outline of the kind of emails that you should put in an autoresponder and then how to ask for the sale afterwards. So that way you guys can just have an easy, simple, free resource to just look at and know exactly, okay, I can put this kind of email on this day, this kind of email on this day. Kind we'll of a get, step-by-step exactly. guide of what you were talking about. Exactly. So, so to just give you a step-by-step guide of actually like what you should put in to actually set this up and make money off of this. And we'll send that to you completely for free. If you sign up for, through our link, just send me an email, logan at fullcircuitmusic.com and we'll hook you up with that guide completely for free. I'm going to sign up right now and I'm going to let you know if I find out anything. All right, I'm going to do it. So you can put those tips into work there. Yeah. It might have feedback because it's like you (laughs) tipping yourself. Hi, this is Seth Mosley. And this is X O'Connor. And you've been listening to the Full Circle Music Show, the why of the music biz. This has been a production of the Full Circle Music Company with editing help from Jordan Salamone and Jericho Scroggins. I learned so much in this interview. Now make sure if you're listening out there that you follow up on these call to actions. Email logan at fullcirclemusic.com. You need to learn this stuff. And if you get a chance, text songwriting to 44222 just to see an example of how this works in real life using autoresponders, using GetResponse for our own company. Yeah, Yeah, and don't forget, if you're interested in GetResponse, check us out on fullcirclemusic.com slash email, and that's going to get you directly to GetResponse. And once you do that, email Logan at fullcirclemusic.com, and he's going to get you set up with the PDF of his tips to put together your own email campaign. It's great. So we will see you next week on another episode of the music marketing series here on the Full Circle Music Show.